0: Good morning, Church! How is everyone doing today? Who is feeling hot? Who is feeling cold? People sitting near probably feeling cold. They are very close to the air conditioner. Uh, who is enjoying the 40-degree weather? Who likes it? Oh, Alia, Kemji. We have a few people. Wow, five people out of the 100 people uh, likes hot weather. I'm, well, I'm from a hot country. I'm originally from India. Well, we are used to this weather, but the last five to ten years, I'm not used to it anymore. I, I like cold weather, but not very cold, but not uh, this hot, anyways. So, if you're visiting us, you're very welcome to join us. Uh, we are glad that you're here and you chose the perfect weekend, uh, so- summer weekend, to be here in Lisbon. Uh, we are in the middle of a sermon series called Spiritual Gifts. Um, other our church our leadership, we gathered uh, last month and we talked about different things that uh, our community needs in the next season of our church life. And we really moved by God in our hearts to talk more about the Holy Spirit, the more about the spiritual gifts, um, more about what God can do in our community through our community. So Gabby opened this series last week with the words from Acts 1.8, which says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in all of Samaria to the ends of the world. And this is, so Luke and Acts are written together, right? Uh, So written by Luke. So in Acts, this is Jesus's last words for his disciples. Uh, Go wait in Jerusalem. You will receive the Holy Spirit and you will receive power. And then you will be my witnesses in all of Judea, Samaria, all of the world. So, I want us to want to remind us the primary first purpose that we exist as a church is to be first of all to be a witness for Jesus in this world and to everyone around us to care for the people who suffer to bind their wounds to bring the gospel to the people around us that's our primary purpose we exist as a church and to do that and Jesus said if you want to be my witness you will receive my power to do that and how many of you are familiar with Bible project videos? Bible project videos. If you haven't, go check it out in YouTube or anywhere, Google Bible project. It's a really good resource to learn so much. Uh, it starts from basics all the way to advanced uh, information about how to read the Bible, how to understand the Bible. And one of the concepts they always develop, uh, Tim Mackey develops is we As humans, has created humans, we are invited to participate in God's work of creation. So God creates, and then he creates humans to be participants of his own creation. And we can participate with God to create a little thing. That's why we have creative minds. And when God brought salvation through Jesus, he can just do it all by himself if he wants to, but he chooses to use us as a part of his salvation work. And we participate in it. But how do you participate in something without having the power to do it? Without having the equipment to do that? And that's why Jesus said here in, in Acts, you will receive the Holy Spirit to do that. So, um, but if you're this morning saying, I have no idea about this whole gift stuff, Holy Spirit stuff, uh, leave me out. Well, Paul, when writes this chapter in 1 Corinthians 12, he says, Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. So there you go. He says, don't be unaware, and I'm going to explain it to you. So this is where we're going to camp this morning in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, chapter 12 from 4 to 11. And this is where we're going to study for the next few weeks as well. Um, Can I ask Malachi to read these verses aloud, please?
1: There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the gift is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distributing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines.
0: All right, thank you. This is God's word. Um, To give you some context on this passage before we go talk about it, so Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth. So the Corinth is in modern-day Greece right now. Uh, So the church of Corinth is mixed with different cultures. So they have, it's a tri... It's a thriving business center in Asian Greek. So they have rich people, they have poor people, they have slaves, they have free people. They g- guesstimate around one-third of the population was slaves at the time. So Paul is writing to a very mixed audience here. Okay. So he's writing to people from different cultural backgrounds, from different countries, different socio-economic status, but they all gathered together under the name of Jesus. And that sounds for me pretty much like this group. So if you turn around here, you have different kind of people from pretty much represented from all continents. It's a privilege here we have at Riverside that we can gather with so much different people here. So it's pretty much like this church and Paul is writing this letter. And the second thing I wanna look at uh, this passage is, if you look at, uh, if you can go to the last slide, please. The last one. Ah, you revealed my points. It's okay. You go to the last slide, please, the first one. So if you look at these slides, um, you can quickly see that, oh, there is lists, it's a list of gifts. Okay, I see it. There is a bunch of gifts here and there. That's what Paul is writing to do. Uh, but that is not the primary purpose of this passage. So in Asian uh, writings, they don't have bold. They don't have italics or they don't have underline. So what they do is they repeat a certain words over and over And they repeat certain phrases to emphasize their point. And that's the point they're trying to make. So when Paul writes his letter, he's trying to make a point in this passage. And now if you can reveal my secret. So if you can look at it here, see the same pattern here, right? So there are different kinds of gifts, but same spirit. Different kinds of service, same Lord. It is the same God at work. It is the same spirit. The next one to another faith by the same Spirit, the healing by one Spirit. And all these work are the work of one and the same Spirit. So, you can clearly see that what the, the Paul is trying to do is, it is all coming from one source. It is not coming from different sources. It's not coming from one high source and one low source. It's all coming from the same Spirit. So, throughout this letter of Corinthians, uh, Paul is addressing a different contemporary issues. He's addressing marriage. He's addressing singleness. And he's address- addressing the order in church, how to worship, uh, how to, what to do when you gather together, how to take communion together. And then he's saying, let me address the spiritual gifts as well so that you're not unaware of what it is. And then he's addressing and he's saying that although the gifts are different, it, ha- it is all united by the same spirit. So no one is inferior are superior and is emphasizing the equality of believers in Jesus Christ. So, and this is what Paul wants to know in the church of Corinth and then in in this church as well, that we need to value everyone that's sitting around us, whatever the gift are, high or low, sitting in the stage or sitting in the back, we have to value everyone equal. And and this is, in today's church, we have kind of elevated few people over others, right? If you're really good at playing guitar, you can sing Pedro. Uh, not saying Pedro, but we tend to look at them, for example. We tend to elevate them a little bit more than others. And Paul saying, no, the church is not designed to be passive where a bunch of gifts are taking the back seats where the rest are exalted and the others are dispensable. That is not the body of Christ. Body of Christ does not work like that. It is not works from this area and then you receive. It doesn't work that way. We all receive from the Holy Spirit the gifts to be a witness, to be a light and salt to the world. All of us, every one of us, every one of us sitting here. And when we froze some of the assets, when we say some of them are dispensable, or when we say, well, those gifts, they just clean, they just do these things. So, ah, no. Paul says, no. It is all coming from the same spirit. Then you are saying that spirit is not important doing that work than preaching, right? So we, before we study this thing, just what I want to emphasize here, right? So Paul is writing to a church like that. And Paul is saying it is all coming from the same spirit. So we all have equality in our belief. And then we all have the same spirit and same access to all the gifts No one is inferior or superior. Having said that, um, and Gabby mentioned that this as well last week, these gifts are given for a, a specific purpose. And 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And this is another thing we have to keep in mind. If the gift is just you are using just to bring honor to yourself, or if you're using just to attract people, then it's probably not the right attitude, right? So the gift that God gives to the community, but through the individuals, but it's a gift of the Holy Spirit for the community, for the common good. Yeah. Um, and and, and the, the other clarification, there's so many clarifications before we go into. It. The other one I want to mention this. Uh, When we say these gifts, these are not, I'm not talking about natural gifts, all right? I'm not talking about naturally, I'm really good at something. Uh, These are the manifestations of the Spirit for a specific purpose. And it it doesn't depend on your maturity. It doesn't depend on your self-development or how you work out your gift. It's more how much you depend on the Spirit to work in your life to bless others. And God has given different gifts to different people so that we can care for each other with love. And these are the gifts of God for the old church through the individual who receives it. So having said that, we're we going to look through this gift. So, um, oh wait, one last clarification, I promise, last one. Um, these are not the exhaustive list of gifts, right? So you have, uh, when you go back to, the, if you go back to the slides before, please. And you can see a lot of gifts. You can see faith, healing, power, prophecy, um, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And we quickly say, okay, one, two, three, four, five. Okay, which category you are? You are in number three. You are in number two. Uh, these are not the full exhaustive list. So if you look at Ephesians 4, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, you, you can see other listers as well, that Paul writes, that Peter writes. So these are more like a representation of the whole so these are real gifts that god gave for the church but these are representation of more that god can actually use us if we are willing and if we desire those gifts but we are going to study these nine gifts uh, in three weeks so today we are going to study three of those we're going to study the message of wisdom message of knowledge and distinguishing between spirits all right ready We've got 15 minutes. All right. So, uh, so message of wisdom. So, message of wisdom is, um, in Greek, it's um, logosophias, which is, literally means a word of wisdom. It is not just wisdom. It is a word of wisdom. Or in other words, utterance of wisdom. And some people, we talked about it. Some people are naturally wise. They say wise things. They make wise decisions. Uh, and in generally, they make good decisions in life. And no doubt, they are coming from God. Their, their wisdom is coming from God. But in this specific passage, Paul is talking about a divinely given gift of word of wisdom in people's life. And divinely given gift, in Greek, it's called charisma. And that's where the whole charismat, charismatism, the word comes from. A divinely ordained gift. And God will give this gift to whom, whomever he wills. It, it don't have to be someone who is very mature, or someone has to be very smart, or not so smart, a guy, or a girl, or a young believer, or an old believer, and we can see these examples in Acts. So, we are going to study, uh, look at Acts, right? So, Acts is the passage uh, on, well, the story of the early church, that's Acts, right? So, when Jesus was ascended into heaven, uh, he gave his 12 disciples telling them, go be a witness, spread the news of the gospel. And, um, but they did never attended Bible college. Uh, They never knew how to do strategies. They never knew how to um, make plans to take the gospel. All they knew is Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem until you get the Holy Spirit, right? And um, so when you see in Acts 3, it's not in the slides, Acts 2 actually. So Acts 2 is is when the Holy Spirit comes. He comes not just on the community, it also comes on individual. And then you see Paul goes in to give this huge sermon in Acts 2, one of the longest sermon, beautiful sermon of the whole story of Jesus. He didn't practice, he didn't work on it, although I'm sure he was with Jesus listening to him the whole time. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, he just shared the word of wisdom to the people. He just shared what God put in his heart. So, and we see in Acts 4, Acts 4, uh, verse 7 and 8. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power and what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, this is about the gospel Again, um, explaining how he healed a beggar. And here you see that he, when they questioned them, he was filled with the Holy Spirit to answer them, right? It is not something he studied. It is not something he worked on it, it developed. It is something God divinely gave him and he answered. And Paul go, Peter goes on proclaiming Jesus fearlessly. And he, he didn't do it because he was just really courageous because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He has a supernatural gift of being fearless and then sharing the wise words of God putting in his heart. And in Acts 4.13, it says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Um... I was thinking about this situation, so here they were questioned in front of, um, I didn't put that words, but they were questioned in front of rulers, questioned in front of, I think it says kings, and the, uh, the lawmakers or something, who knows everything about the law, everything about the Torah, about the Old Testament, they're asking these questions, and I was imagining what I would do if I was questioned like that in front of people, and I always think like, oh, you know what, I need to get my theology right. I need to understand how this works. And that's pretty much most people I talk to when they say, what's stopping you from sharing Jesus with people? What's stopping you to tell your story about Jesus? And they say, what if they ask questions? What if they ask me really good questions that I don't know the answer about? And it's, it's you, I don't want to get uncomfortable. I don't want to get weird. And Jesus says in Matthew, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say and how to say it. Not just what to say, how to say it. At the time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you how much helpful this if we apply this in our life if we actually ask God God help us to speak help us to give me the word I'm going to have a conversation with this person I'm going to go have a coffee I'm sure he's going to ask these questions I'm not sure how many of you ask before you go how many of you earnestly desire for God to give you wisdom we, we do research. We do work. I'm, I'm completely not against it. I love research. I love reading. I love... I spend so much time on it. I spend so much time on it that I don't sometimes forget to ask God for help. I forget to ask God for wisdom because I think I can figure it out. I can answer them. So we have this promise for, from God that we will be given the gift of wisdom to be a witness Jesus to bring people to life to convict people to heal others to bring salvation to other people's life and and this is again i want to be very clear this is not reserved for select few this word of wisdom is not reserved for the pastors or the people who are in the team or the people who serve or the worship leader This is for everyone. We don't have, Christianity doesn't have a guru mentality. Oh, if you want something, really have questions, talk to him. Have wise words from that guy. We don't do that. We are the body of Christ and we don't elevate persons. We elevate the person of Jesus Christ through and through in all our community lives. Right? So I want to encourage our church, like before we go to the next one, I want to encourage as a church, earnestly desire this gift earnestly in your heart, I want this gift of wisdom. I want this word of wisdom when I talk with my friends or when I encourage someone or when I, someone shares their heart, I just don't know what to say. God, I need the wisdom to say it. And God promises that he will give you the wisdom for everyone, extroverts, introverts, you don't categorize yourself because God will give you the wisdom that he will and Paul goes on and say, the same spirit gives another the word of knowledge. And this is an interesting gift. Uh, this includes two, two things. Uh, one, the knowledge of the truth of God and His word uh, and the supernatural understanding of all the mysteries of the word. Okay, that's one interpretation or that includes two. The other inclusion can be, a specific knowledge about a specific situation. Okay? Hear me out. Don't, don't, um, don't get mad yet. Um, you might have heard preachers say that. Like they call out names. They, they call out a specific situations. Um, and some, they are true sometimes. And wh- how do you answer that? They are really true. And they, they really call one person and they talk about it and say things that they could never possibly know about the person. And Jesus did that in his ministry, and it's not something foreign to the Bible. We see Jesus demonstrated such knowledge in his ministry when he met the famous story of the Samaritan woman at the well, John 4. So let's look at the word in John 4. Jesus told her, so he meets the Samaritan woman, and they have this conversation, right? And then Jesus is telling, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. And what you have just said is quite true. How did Jesus possibly know that? He, he, who was, he, he didn't know this woman before. He was just passing by Samaria, and he was not even supposed to go. They had to go around. But Jesus decided to go through the town so he can meet with his women. And then he knows this through the spirit of knowledge. He, 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 he was con- constantly connected with the Holy Spirit. So he knows these things. And, and again, we can say, well, Jesus knows this. He's he God. Uh, maybe not me. Um, let's read in Acts 5. Oh, maybe not, I don't have words. So in Acts 5, how many of you are aware of the story of Ananias and Sapphira? Yeah? So, I'll I, I give you a context. So, there is this couple uh, in the early church. They come to Peter, and they lie about something, and they lie bluntly. Uh, and, and, and Peter, calling out their hypocrisy directly without even knowing what's happening behind the doors. And he has no clue how this happens behind the door. And he has the spirit of knowledge, where Holy Spirit was revealing about a situation to Peter, which might have never he might have never known without the gift of knowledge. And imagine all the great things the church can do if we actually earnestly desire this gift, and God actually pours this gift in today's church, and we can actually talk to people. While we're talking, we already know their situation. We already, without them, because there are so many, I've I, I heard so many stories and hurts are just hidden for so long because they just don't want to share. It's too hard for sharing. And, and they, they don't know if we can trust. And what if you can actually look at a person and talk to a person, God reveals, that person is going through something. Just pray for them. Let walk with them. Go out for a coffee with them. Encourage them. How good that would be if you have that gift. And this is not something super um, natural to the Bible. It could be supernatural to our senses, but it's very common in the Bible. Now addressing the other part. Of course, there are dangers to this, right? I I fully agree. Uh, There are obvious dangers that people abuse these things, right? Um, (laughs) I've heard stories when people come up to girls and say, God told me to marry me. Let's go. God told me to go out with me. Or God told me to break up with me. Uh, Even worse, they say things that, quoting God told me, but it's not in accordance with the scriptures. And that is a huge red flag. And my dear friends, let's remember whatever God reveals and says will not be contrary to the written word of scripture. Right? We, We believe the sufficiency of the scripture But when God reveals about situations to encourage others, it will never be against the Bible. It will never be something fought into the Bible. It will be in accordance with the scriptures. So be careful when you quote, God told me. Um, Think about it. But at the same time, I'm not saying be fearful to practice this gift. This is very scary. I'm not saying, really not saying that. Trust me. I'm saying be prayerful, be diligent, and be... um, be willing to share with, with, with the people you walk through. Hey, I think God, God is putting this thought in my heart. It, it, what do you think about it? And walk with other brothers and sisters in developing and practicing uh, to hear God diligently. To, to distinguish between, is it your thought or is it just God telling you? And... And above all, right, above all these things, if you want to practice this really good gift of knowledge, uh, you can't do it without love. You can't just... Go- Jesus didn't go up to the Samaritan women and said, hey, you got five husbands. You are going to hell. Repent now. Uh, that is not what Jesus said. He had a conversation in the beginning, which is itself it's crazy having a conversation with the women in, in Jewish culture, especially Samaritan women. And Pedro talked about the difference between Jewish and Samaria two weeks ago. It's crazy. They are like almost like enemies. And Jesus had this conversation not to condemn her, not to judge her, but to bring her to salvation. So when you practice this gift, any gift you practice, you got to bring the people close to God. If it's going to get pushed away from God, then you're doing something wrong. And right after Corinthians 12, Paul writes next chapter, which is together, uh, Corinthians 13. And it says, the next chapter, it says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove the mountains, but if I do not have love, I am nothing. Nada. I am nothing. We'll pursue this gift of knowledge that is available for everyone in the church for the common good of the body and to be a witness for Jesus around you and do it with love and do it with grace. Follow the example of Jesus that he said before us how to practice this supernatural gift. Don't take it for yourself. Don't, not for your selfish motives, not to attain what you want but for the common good of the church. How I can equip that person. How I can Build up that person towards Christ. How I can conform that person to the image of Christ? Not that hey, I want to be uh, I want to be in TV one day. So let me keep on posting. No, that's not the way of God. The last one, we're coming to a close here. The last one we're studying is the gift of distinguishing of spirits. Um, again, this is really big topic as well. But in general, the Bible, spirituality-wise, the Bible talks about Holy Spirit a lot. The Bible talks about evil spirits a lot. And the Bible also talks about human spirit, our human condition, our human brokenness, our human weakness, how we react to things, how God influences us, how God loves us, how God draws us, and then how evil influences us to take us away. And This gift of discernment comes from the Holy Spirit to identify which spirits are in action. And it it, it sounds very crazy, but be with me, stay with me. So if you talk to a person and, and you can, there is a sense you can see something's wrong. There's a sense you can see they are going through something. In a way, it could be their own decision, their own mistakes, but it also sometimes it could be an evil influence where you can see that They really are stuck there. They really are stuck there. You need to pray. You need to do the things to help them to come out of the situation. And we see that in Acts 16. So, in Acts 16, when Paul was, um, I think he was going to Macedonia, he was in Philippi, and Paul is right, and Paul was there uh, staying for a few days. And it says, Once when we are going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. Oh, that's a gospel actually. That is pretty cool. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you... To come out of her. At the moment, the Spirit left her. Uh, it's very interesting, this, this, this topic. is, You can see the Spirit is not doing anything bad, in a sense, for Paul. It's actually telling some good news. They're like, hey, these are the people from God. Listen to them. You can be saved. Paul can distinguish between spirit and he has a gift where he can see that I know you're saying good things, I know you mean good, but you have a evil spirit in you. And, and he prays and he commanded the spirit to come out of her at the moment the spirit left her. And this can happen sometimes too. This, he, it is so hard to distinguish without the gift of the Holy Spirit to find out how you can help the person. You might see, oh, that's good. They are, servant, they are saying good things about God. So They might be the followers of God, probably not. And as followers of Christ, we are called to be his kingdom people in this world, right? To bring good news to the people, the good news of the gospel of peace, gospel of hope, gospel of forgiveness. And it will be so much helpful if we have this gift to discern in people's life and we can pray and help them accordingly. And remember again, this, is, this sounds supernatural, but this always have to practice in the community life. It is not something outside the community where you just be like, oh, I'm going to connect with the Holy Spirit and, or the evil spirits and talk to them. It's not. It's, that's not biblical at all. Biblical sense is always within the body of Christ. And God gives his gift to whomever he wills, who, whoever earnestly desires these gifts and ask him and seek him for it. And, and also before we close, I, I, I just want to um, emphasize that these gifts are not just supernatural, uh, supernatural instances. It has to be having a supernatural display of power and uh, you know, do things like crazy in the stage or crazy in the back. And now I see, oh yeah, that's Holy Spirit. No, it's not. Maybe God is sharing your heart today to encourage this person sitting next to you or to share a word that God is putting in your heart but you're like, I'm not sure if I want to do this but God is asking you to do it. Or you can call out other person's gift. You can say, hey, I see you teaching. Once they did that to me a few years ago and I was so shocked and I was so happy at the same time and that is a word of wisdom that God spoke into my life to prepare my heart that one day I will preach. But for all this, we need to be dependent on God. For all this to happen, to be used by God, first, do you desire to be used by God? Do we even want to be used by God? Or we are just, I'm too busy with my schedule right now. I I just can't. And I was like that for a very long time. Um, Even now I get caught up and the last few weeks, it's, it's been really, I was, I was studying uh, about, about uh, a course on evangelism. And it's, it's getting so close to my heart. And when, I, when I'm studying about the Holy Spirit for the last week, I got so moved in my heart. I started praying in the last two weeks. Like, Holy Spirit, I, help me to do it. I, I tried. I don't know how to tell people about the gospel. And then I, uh, God put a person in my heart uh, back in U.S., Uh, uh, he's a friend of mine and we spoke about gospel a few times and he's not a Christian and he's, he's more reasonable. He argues, but he never really like goes further with the discussion. Um, so the last year or two, since I moved to Portugal and we had these conversations every now and then, Hey, if you want to set up a call, we'll catch up with our lives and we never do. And, and I've been so busy. I, I, to be honest, I could have done it, but I didn't do it. I just, I got more urgent things to do, but I don't want to do the important things that matter. So the other day, God really moved in my heart, and then I said, you know what? I'm just going to text this person. So I I picked up my phone, just like this, um, and I I didn't know what to text. It was so random. I I, I don't know, after like a year and a half, I'm going to text this person. So I sent him a meme. I sent him a Batman meme, because he loves Batman. So I sent him something. About a Batman begging in L.A., and I said like a lame joke saying, I thought Batman was rich. So, the joke just went through. Because it's, it's a really bad joke, right? And then he says, yeah, man, I got to take care of the baby because he had a baby, so he's a he's Batman. So, we were just catching up, and then he suddenly goes, I feel like I've been through a lot of emotions in the last year. Um, and then I said, oh, okay, we'll talk about it. And then later on, he says, also, I don't know why or how I sent that text. All I meant to text was, it's all good, like with everyone else. But with you, the truth just came out. Do you have some kind of new powers? Say that. And I was shocked. I'm like, I didn't send him something really wise. I just sent him a meme from Batman. So... I was thrown off, and, and it was like a wake-up call for me. It said, it's that God is the one who is working. God is the one. The Holy Spirit is working in people's heart. All you need to do is obey, and get equipped with, with what God is giving you, and go use it. And if we don't do that, God cannot work. And for some strange reason, God chooses to work in this kingdom. God chooses to reach people. God chooses to bring healing and forgiveness to the people around you. And that is the primary, primary purpose of why we exist as Christians. It's not to have really good programs, amazing music, perfect. I I love that. But that's not the primary. We have a primary purpose to bring the good news to this world. And we can do it when we are willing. And if you're in this place like, "I I don't desire that very much. Well, start desiring. Ask God to put the desire in your heart. Start one step at a time. You don't have to go out in the street and preach now. Go like, God, I want to tell my friends about Jesus. I don't know how to do it. Help me. God, I want to use this gift of wisdom. Give me wisdom. Give me knowledge. Show me what's going on in other people's life so I can talk to them. That's all you need to do. And that's all God wants his community to do. Instead of six or seven people here doing it, if the whole community mobilize, that's how the kingdom can come. It's not few people here. And I'm going to invite the worship team, and we're going to go back into worship uh, this morning. So where do we go from here as church and also as individuals? Um, if you're new to this um, Christianity, if you're new to this thing, and you can say, well, I understand you have good things going on, but these sound supernatural to me. Right now, just count me out of it. Maybe later on, I will come to it. Uh, You know, it doesn't sound very reasonable to me. Well, if you think about it, the Christianity that we follow, it is pretty supernatural, isn't it? It is reasonable faith, for sure, but we believe in a God Who was incarnated as a human and we believe in a God who was born out of a virgin and we believe in a God who died and raised from dead. Nothing sounds natural to me and we believe through his death and resurrection we believe we our sins are forgiven and we have life we are redeemed and Holy Spirit lives in us if we believe all these things right now, if you are on the same page with me Until now, we better start believing that God is using you and me. God is equipping you and me. And God is powerful enough to give the gifts to you and me to bring the gospel good news to the people around us. Oh, well, but Dina, I've been to churches before. You don't know what's going on at my home, church. People always abuse these gifts. I've seen people shout. I've seen crazy things happening. Is there any good example of people who ever done it good? Is there people don't abuse it? Well, there is someone who is full of Holy Spirit. Always connected with Holy Spirit. Always dependent on Holy Spirit. Never do anything outside the Father's will. Never did anything outside the Holy Spirit. And full of manifestation of power. Not just... Uh, reasonable discussion but he's he has a real power. He just healed people, touched people, bring healing. But this, the, the guy never did anything out of selfish intentions. He loved everyone around him. And then he died for them. Can we find a guy like that? It's pretty hard today. That's why we look at the cross. We don't look at our experiences, how, what shaped us. We don't look at our culture. We don't look at, man, I had bad experiences. I don't think it's a good idea. Don't look at it. Bad experiences do not shape the future. Bad experiences do not shape the truth. Turn your eyes to the cross. Turn your eyes to the guy who was on the cross. Who said, Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as ransom for men. The person with all the gifts that He can do, all the power that He can manifest on people, anything that He can do, whatever He wills, He decided to submit to serve others, not to serve himself, so he can give his life as a ransom for others, to bring the news to the others, to bring the peace, love, and hope to others. And in the end, he died for the others. So our motivation today, why do we do this? It's not because of our culture. It's not because it's an obligation to do it. not because of our selfish intentions so we can be a very powerful church. No. We love because Jesus loved us first. We obey because He submitted His life for us. And we are going to move with power as church and as community to serve others wherever God is calling you. To be a witness to whoever God is putting you in your life. Because Jesus did that first for you and me. He did that. And we're just going to follow it. That's what following Jesus means. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning, God. We come to you this day. God, we don't fully understand the mysteries of the scriptures. We don't sometimes fully understand the mysteries of your power. But here we are, obedient to what you said. God, as a church and as an individual, we want to desire the gifts. We want to pursue the gifts. We want to ask you to help us to receive the gifts, God. God, and then take these gifts in our lives and use it to serve others. Use it to bring light to people's life. Use it to bring a salt to this world. And use it to encourage my brothers and sisters in my church. Use it for your purpose, God. Use it for your plan. And and lastly, help us to see the cross, to follow the example you set for us. We don't know how to do it. We, We just do not know how to do it. Help us. Teach us. Help us to keep our eyes on you when things go wrong. Our hope and salvation, our only hope, our anchor for our souls. We trust you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you for what you did at the cross for us. We thank you for your salvation. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for giving us his righteousness. We thank you for giving us, equipping us with power. We thank you for everything you've been doing in our lives. God, as we worship now, God, speak in our hearts. Help us, convict us of our brokenness, convict us of our sins, convict us of our struggles. God, let us get free of that. Let us be prepared to be used by you. Let us be connected to you. Let us be more dependent on you. We need you, Father. Holy Spirit, we need you. Come into your life. We invite you today. God, help us to realize without you, there's nothing we could do. There's nothing. We can't change a people's life. We can't argue and win. We can't save a soul without you. Help us. Help us to be a witness.